welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I am Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who is all about the loving, the touching, and the squeezing. When the lights go out in the city and the sun shines by the bay, here's my co-host from the left coast. Here's Wayne Fugate. Uh, namaste, my friends. Namaste to you as well. As you know, the premise of our podcast is fairly simple. We talk about music, but as as we do at the beginning of each of our podcasts, I have to ask the all-important question, Wayne, what t-shirt are you wearing? I am wearing my new Barsook Records t-shirt. Nice. We will uh, we will be definitely chatting about uh, a few Barsook Record uh, artists here on some upcoming episodes. I am wearing my uh, my T-shirt from The Alarm. I went and saw The Alarm at a very small club here in Orlando during the summer. Um, Mike Peters still sounds really great. And um, I did actually, uh, I, I got you a, the same T-shirt as well. So I'm sure, Absolutely. I'm sure you will be wearing that on a, uh, on a future episode as well. So. For this episode, we're going to put to rest the classic argument that you and I have been waging for years. You seem to think that Journey's Escape is their best album, and I disagree. I believe that Frontiers is their best album. Well, you could not be more wrong. Um, no, I'm I'm correct. Frontiers is better. <laughs> no. Well, I can say I just spent the last week listening to both of them, and I feel ve- I've never... I've never been in a fight that I felt more comfortable about okay. winning. Well, it has been a good long time since you and I have engaged in this debate. Um, however, Steve Perry's his comeback has reignited my passion for Journey. Uh, you had a chance to listen to any of the new album from Steve? No, I cannot find myself doing that. Okay. Um, are you viewing Journey as rearview mirror type type of music now? that you've you've moved past journey it's not even that i i don't know that any of us uh, it just was a different time i think the idea that journey was like a great rock band is a misconception (laughs) okay uh well i'm gonna tell you that i i have listened to steve's album i think that it's actually pretty good it is definitely not journey from the early 80s good that is definitely clear um, but if you look at the new Steve Perry just as that, that it's a Steve Perry solo album, it's not quite as good as Street Talk with, uh, you know, Oh Sherry and Strung Out, some of those great songs. But, you know, it's not bad. And it's crazy that after being out of the limelight for, gosh, better of what, 20 years or so, that Steve, Steve still sounds really great. And so I, I would recommend for, for any of you type of, of Journey fans from back in the day, and you included, Wayne, um, to, go, to go check it out. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty good. So enough about the solo Steve Perry album. We're going to talk about his, his band, his former band, Journey. For this episode, we're going to talk about the albums which many consider the, the, the peak of Journey's career. The lineup for both of these albums are the same. So you've got Steve Perry, of course, on vocals. You've got Neil Schoen, who is the, the 
uh, lead guitar. He also does provide some backing vocals. Jonathan Kane, who is the keyboardist, uh, he also provides some backing vocals. Ross Valerie, who is the bassist, and then Steve Smith, who is on drums and percussion. Um, just a little more information about the lineup there. Frontiers would actually be the last with this lineup intact. Uh, Ross Valerie would leave the band shortly after Frontiers. I can't tell if he was fired or if he quit. And then Steve Smith, the drummer, um, only did drums on a few tracks for Raised on Radio. Both Valerie and Smith would rejoin the band later. They're still in the band today. Of course, the only difference in the band um, today is that um, Perry was replaced by Arnell Pineda. Do you know anything about Arnell's story as to how he joined Journey? I believe he was in a Journey cover band. He was. Uh, his story is actually told in the really great documentary called Don't Stop Believing, which, you know, great. Um, I like the documentary. It really is an infomercial, though, to sell tour tickets. You can tell that the band essentially endorsed this particular uh, documentary, but it but it's good. It 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 really is kind of one of those rags to riches type of stories for Arnell. He was in a a, a cover band. Um, somehow the band found a YouTube video of Arnell singing, and they thought, "Hey, why not?" He's not bad. They have cut a, a couple albums with Arnell. Um, I tried to listen to a few of them. I'm kind of like you though, at this point, Wayne, where, um, that ship is kind of sailed for me. It's not really my, um, my forte, so to speak of, of the music that I listen to, but definitely these, these two albums that we're going to talk about for this episode, definitely hold a, a, a sacred place in, in my heart, which we'll talk about, um, in a couple moments. So. Maybe we should have debated which of the Journey video games were better. <laughs> uh, do do you do you well, remember the video games from from the early eighties? I remember the Escape one. I did not know that there was a Frontiers video game. I can only imagine how if it was anywhere near as horrible as the Escape one. The um, the the arcade game was a little bit better. It came out in March of eighty three. The objective of that video game is to reunite the members of the band with their instruments. And then, of course, Steve Perry reunited with his microphone. And then each instrument is located on a different planet. Uh, the musician needs to then reach the instrument, then take it back to the band's ship. And once all the instruments have been collected, then the band performs a concert while the player controls a bouncer whose job is to prevent fans from getting onto the stage. The, the arcade game features little photographs of each of the bands, um, their, their head, which is really weird because it's placed on a cartoon body and you can hear separate ways worlds apart um, in different uh, sections of the video game which was actually played by a cassette player that was located inside of the arcade game cabinet. So it was a little, um, little groundbreaking. You could, you could say in that way only. 
in that way only. Correct. Now, I wasn't a huge Atari 2600 guy. Um, I inherited a 2600 console many years after they were cool. If they were ever cool. Were they cool? I, I don't believe that they were. No. Okay. So I never I never had a chance to actually play the video game. I knew that it existed. Did you ever play this video game? Not, no, did not even know it existed. Okay. So I, I did watch a YouTube video of it. Um, it's pretty archaic, as you can imagine, with you know, a video game from 1982. The intro music is Don't Stop Believing. Um, the band members have to get to their escape vehicle, which is featured on the on the cover, and they protect the concert cash from groupies and 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 this is what I I I had to Wikipedia this that they were groupies, they were photographers, um, promoters. If you look at the YouTube video of somebody playing it, I couldn't tell that they were any of those things. Um, uh, so assisting the player are roadies and the manager, and you have to get the player back to the, I guess they called the escape vehicle a scarab. Am I, am I, yeah. am I saying that right? Yeah. Okay. And so they have to, they have to get back to the scarab and then dodge the, all of the, the obstacles. So very, I, I want to compare it to one of the video games that I remember. Uh, Defender, uh, Space Invaders. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe Defender. Maybe that's a good comparison. Okay, um, so we're definitely on a tangent here. Enough about the video <laughs> games. Let's talk about the albums. Wayne, tell me about Escape. Escape was the seventh studio album by Journey. It was dropped in 1981. It reached the top of the Billboard 200 chart and spawned four top 100 singles uh don't stop believing peaked at number nine who's crying now peaked at number four still they ride made 19 and open arms went all the way to number two it was certified nine times platinum by the raa and has sold over 12 million copies worldwide and is the best journey album ever made (laughs) okay one thing that you uh, didn't talk about was that this is the first album without their original keyboardist, Greg Raleigh. He was the band's first official lead singer until Perry was hired on in 1977. Um, you may know Raleigh as he's more known for his work with Santana. He was Santana's original lead vocalist. Um, Black Magic Woman, Oyokoma Va, I think Evil Ways is, is him as well. So on a couple of the albums prior to Escape, he kind of shared some lead vocals with Steve Perry. Um, if you remember just the same way, uh, that is yep. off of uh, Evolution. That is a co-vocal with with Steve Perry. That's a great song. Um, and then Feeling That Way is also a co-lead with Perry. Raleigh actually would recommend to the band who his replacement would be, which is Jonathan Kane. He was the keyboardist for the babies. Um, familiar at all with the babies. Oh, absolutely. John Waite, Jonathan Kane. Yep, John Waite's uh, original band. And I think that with Jonathan Kane coming on, if you, if you listen to um, the album prior to escape, which I think is departure. Is that right? I, get, I believe so. Um, 
it is definitely a different sound than Escape. And I think that you can contribute to Jonathan Cain um, joining the band. I really think that he kind of changed a little bit of that sound. And um, just to make this whole cross-pollination complete with uh, with uh, Jonathan Cain coming over from the babies uh, after raised on radio was, uh, was done. And Steve Perry was kind of, you know, taking a little break. Um, Jonathan Kane and Neil Schoen would join John Waite and form bad English. You remember bad English? Yes. Uh, that was one of the first things that always comes to my mind when I hear Jonathan Kane's name and that it's John Waite has a, such an incredible voice. And I think missing you is probably a song that's, I don't know how, it's it's super dear to me that video i think is I'll, i i remember every time i see that song but that bad english was a terrible i'm only going to say this because i'm pretty sure that my wife's not going to ever listen to any of my podcasts but that album is awful <laughs> all right so i'm going to talk about my favorite journey album frontiers eighth studio album by journey released in february 83 and this is the last album, as I mentioned, that featured Ross Valerie on the bass um, until 96's Trial by Fire. This uh, sold six million albums, so not quite as many as Escape. Reached number two on the Billboard 200 chart. This would also garner four top 40 singles, uh, much the same as Escape. What is going to come back and bite me? I think if I don't win this debate is that the album had been sequenced and pre and prepped for, for uh, pressing when journeys, A&R guy, Michael Dilbeck decided to pull two songs from the original lineup and any idea what two songs those were Wayne. Uh, Ask the lonely. Oh, uh... And I know the other one, it was from oh, Only, Only the, the young. young. So those two tracks were replaced with Backtalk and Troubled Child. And they doomed your case. And they probably doomed my case. Um, Ask the Lonely was used in the soundtrack for the film Two of a Kind. Only the Young, of course, would find its way in the top 10 a couple of years after frontiers was released that was part of the soundtrack of the movie vision quest this is going to come back to haunt me that whole um that whole decision but we'll talk about that more later as we talk about um the side b's for both of our albums which should we spoil it alert already huge drop off <laughs> huge drop off from side a's let's talk about the one thing that we do have in common about journey i mean we've debated we've debated escape versus frontiers for years but what's what is the one thing that we do have in common with with journey i believe we were at the same show in the tacoma dome on the uh, frontiers tour we absolutely were that was my very first concert and i think you said that that was also your first concert correct absolutely so, and this essentially started my love for live music. And I'm a little sentimental about this one um, because I went to this concert with my sister. 
I went with one of my best friends at the time, Sean Hill as well. Um, and I even bought, and, and you're going to totally make fun of me when I say this, I even bought one of those baby blue muscle t-shirts from the tour. <laughs> you know, which one I'm talking about? No, but I want to know where you got the muscles. Uh, okay. Yeah. I knew you were going to say that, you know, here's what's here's what's really frustrating for me and, and and this is something that i have made fun of my little brother for for years so my brother let his friend grant wear that t-shirt to an 80s party about 15 years ago and it's it was still in in my uh collection of stuff back in in washington that i've just for whatever reason, have never retrieved and brought down here to Florida. Um, and Grant never returned it. Um, and he doesn't know where it is. So so if anyone has that T-shirt and wants to impart it to me, I would be very grateful because now, now I do have a few muscles for said muscle T-shirt. Back in, back in 1983, no, I did not. So... Any any thoughts about seeing uh, seeing Journey live? Um, yeah, that was a. I went with my aunt, who was um, the closest thing I've had to a big sister. She's only a couple of years older than me. Went with her and her friends. Um, I got the 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 baseball shirt. I don't know if you're, oh yeah, yeah, anybody, yeah. With the color colored three quarter sleeves and then the and the white center with the with the Frontiers album cover on it. That was the one that I. Th- thought about buying and sean basically said you know i'm gonna get the 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 blue t-shirt or the the blue muscle shirt and i wanted to be cool like him so i bought it and immediately i just i knew that i made the wrong choice because i think i may have worn it once to school and everybody made fun of me because they're like uh you know you're supposed to have muscles to wear a muscle shirt (laughs) I, I one thing I got from that show is I had never heard of a young uh, Canadian singer songwriter named Brian Adams, who I thought really I'd heard Journey before, but I'd ne- I'd never heard of Brian Adams. And this is cuts like a knife, Brian Adams. Right. So not not uh, when you love a woman or whatever he's done since then. Uh, and it was a great show. We've already talked about some of his poor uh, choices of songs. Yeah, he put on a great show. Uh, I I actually went out and got the Cuts Like a Knife uh, cassette right after that. I actually I actually had that album prior to seeing seeing him in in concert, and it was mostly a one of those decisions where I'm like, well, I want to be familiar with who the the opening act is, and he didn't disappoint. I mean, uh, he he was really great. In fact, um, uh, do you remember? his little uh enactment of take me back yeah well what he had for breakfast that this morning i was eating some corn flakes all of a sudden all those flakes fell out of the root out of the sea that was awesome that was yeah i absolutely never forget that and and of course he got the the whole crowd really excited because you know he's he's talking about this the the girl who's pleading for him to to take her take take her back and then he says you know with that you know what I call that in my in my city? He goes, she said, take me back. And I said, you. that's what it was. That's what it was. Yep, absolutely. And of course, the, yeah. the crowd went wild because oh, some, somebody someone said, used the F word. Somebody said a bad word. Did you ever see Journey again? Was that your only time seeing them live? Yeah, that was it. OK, that was it. one and only. 
I had such a good experience seeing them uh, for that tour that I ended up seeing them again for the following tour, the Raised on Radio. I also went to that show with with Sean. Um, I was supposed to go with my girlfriend, Chris, who would uh, end up dumping me for another guy two weeks prior to the show. I'll never forget this. She actually had the balls to ask me. So I suppose this means I'm not going to journey with you. (laughs) She did not say that. She absolutely said that. Um, And I ended up taking my friend Richard instead. And I think I actually offered you the ticket. But I think you were out of your journey phase by then. Was that during your faster pussycat period? Or was that the beginning of your, your Beastie Boys phase? by then i'm sh- i'm sure th- i'm sure i was deep into the beastie boys at that time all right all right fair enough well e- either way really good show the american idols randy jackson actually played bass for for that tour so kind of kind of interesting there all right so we ready to get to our debate ready to rumble all right so for this episode we're going to match up each song of the album against one another so track one on Escape versus track one on Frontiers, etc. Each of us is going to have one veto power where we can cancel out the other person's vote if we're deadlocked in our debate. And I think I already know which song I'm going to use my veto power because you told me that I was crazy, that I thought a specific song was better than your song when I'm, I was. And, I'm, and I will totally admit I was trolling you in the text of telling you which songs were better than yours. So um, I can't wait to uh, to use the veto power on on you. Tisk tisk. I know I know you and I know you're going I know how you work. So I, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm prepared for this one. All right. Great. All right. So Wayne, introduce our first head to head matchup. The first song is a song I've seen played by a couple of other bands and white people cannot help but sing the chorus. It's Don't Stop Believing. Excellent song. And my first song off of Frontiers is Separate Ways, in parentheses, Worlds Apart. So tell me about your song. Uh, Don't Stop Believing, like I pointed out earlier, made number nine. It is also the song that plays over the final uh, scene of The Sopranos, the greatest television show ever made. Fair enough. Mine hit number eight on the Billboard Hot 100. It was also number a number one song on the mainstream rock chart when they actually had that particular rock chart. Here, here's my only argument for me to win because look don't stop believing is an iconic song separate ways is a great song but your song is definitely iconic i'm definitely going to give this one to you but 
the worst thing about Don't Stop Believing is that this song has spawned a myriad of really bad karaoke. I don't know. I think all you have to do is do a do a search in YouTube for Starship and Don't Stop Believing to find out just how bad it is when bands cover this song. And we're not here to discuss other bands covering the song. We're here to discuss Journey. And while Separate Ways is a good song, uh, it's a great way to start that album. It's, I think it's well, I could possibly be the best song on that album. It you you can't beat an anthem. You can't do it. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna concede this one to you. So um, you win. This is a great this is a great song. I mean, even even my own kids when this song comes up on the radio, they sing along to it as well. You know, this was in Glee. So I think that that's how some of my kids remember this song. Plus, you know, my my wife, my wife loves top 40 type uh, type of song. So this fits right up in her uh, in her wheelhouse. So. All right. So you win number one. Number two. Here's the matchup. So for me. Song off of Frontiers is a song called Send Her My Love. My song, second song off the Escape album. This is the song I discovered the first time I heard this album in its entirety. I was over at my uncle's house. I was there kind of a weekend away from my house, and uh, he had a turntable and some records. I remember looking through those records and seeing High Infidelity, uh, Hotel California, uh, Dream Police by Cheap Trick, and then this album. And I believe I pulled it out mainly for the, the artwork. Um, I dropped the needle on it, and the second song in is Stone in Love. So my song, Sender My Love, this was the fourth single off of Frontiers. It hit number 23 on the Hot 100. This is a one of those um, tearjerker type of journey songs, and it's and it's definitely a, a a cheesy love song, but it's so bad it's good. It's so bad it's bad. It's extra bad. It's it's definitely got that classic journey sad ballad song thing going on, but it's definitely not. Uh, cheese is a good word. It is made of cheese and stone in love. I'm not going to lie. This is my favorite song. It's my really? favorite journey song. Uh, I, I, I'm not even kidding. I heard this song and I, I loved it from the moment I heard it. I, this is one of my favorite songs. It's my definitely I my favorite journey song. I had no idea. Oh my wow. You... Blue Jean, it's very nostalgic. It's got, you know, blue Jean, you know, the blue Jean girl, you're, you're all this, you know, this summer of, you know, being, you know, when you're young, I just have always loved the song. Okay, well, I, I, I can't disagree with you. If you're going to say that this is your your favorite song off the album, I'm not going to quibble with you on that. I'm going to give you this one, but uh, the veto power is coming up very shortly. 
All right. So you are you're you are definitely leading to to nothing. All right. Just big haymakers out of the gate. Well, yeah, I'm Frazier is down. Well, not yet. Um, yeah, this is definitely not an Ollie Frazier. This is a couple of guys on the undercard you've never heard of. All right. Introduce our uh, our, our next head to head. Next head to head is uh, Who's Crying Now? The first single off of Escape hit number four on the Hot 100 charts. Also made number four on the mainstream rock versus Chain Reaction. Number three off of Frontiers is a song called Chain Reaction. Was not released as a single, but did get some airplay on the mainstream rock rock station. And um, I win. <laughs> uh you know what i you know that this is a good this is what sender uh what was it sender my love this is what they were trying to do this is how this is how that works this is when it's right it, it well goes just i'm like i'm only gonna win just for the one part in chain reaction where steve perry is going um does the 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 no 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 part do you know what i'm talking about I don't think that's um, enough. All right. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm not singing it. I know you're trying to get me to sing it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. I'm going to have to hear it. If I want to, if I want to concede, I'm going to have um, to hear it. Okay. Well, if I do, do I get, do I get the point? I will give it to you. Yes. Okay. I, I will concede. No, 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 no. That part. It was worth it. It was so worth it. Okay. Do I get the point? It's yours. Sweet. All right. The things I have to do to, in order to get points for my album. <laughs> We're up to the fourth song off of our albums. Mine is After the Fall. And the fourth song off Escape is Keep On Running, uh, which is always mentioned as being live. Which I don't I don't hear it, but this is the live version of Keep On Running. So After the Fall was the third single off of the album, uh, like Sender My Love, this would peak at number 23 in the Hot 100. Um, this is this is my favorite song off of Frontiers, believe it or not. I love Separate Ways. 
I love faithfully, but there's just something about the, the, the harmony parts. And when Steve does a little bit of his wailing, when he's talking about after the fall, this, this is, this is one of those songs that uh, really defines journey for me. I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to make fun of your song just from you, you already brought up the whole live portion i don't even know why why would they even bring that up why is that in parentheses because that doesn't add anything to it i don't hear any crowd or i mean are they trying to get you know extra kudos because they played the song totally live they didn't splice any of the parts together i mean why would you say that i just to just to be honest, to be forthright, I'm gonna after your impassioned plea. Uh, if that's your favorite song, and I feel like I owe you a quid pro quo, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you. Have, this one, this song means nothing to me. It's a it's a it's a nice and it's a decent song. It's better than anything on side two of Frontiers. But uh, <laughs> it, it it you know what? Sometimes you lose the round. Okay, I I appreciate you conceding. You are a gentleman and a scholar. Appreciate that. All right, introduce our uh, our next head-to-head. This one's called Still They Ride, uh, the fourth single off the album. It peaked at number 19 and reached only 47 on the mainstream rock chart. And my fifth song off of frontiers is the very iconic faithfully oh girl you stand i'm forever yours faithfully Faithfully would be the second single off of the album. It hit number 12 on the Hot 100, number 7 on the Adult Contemporary chart. Look, Still They Ride is a great song, but Faithfully, this is the second last song that they play every night live. I mean, this this could be a show ender for the band if they didn't already have Don't Stop Believing, which is what they finish all of their sets with. And I think your song is trying really hard to be a faithfully type of song. And Journey wouldn't perfect that, in my opinion, until their next album. And as cheesy as Faithfully is, it's a great ballad. And no one can ever say that they selected Still They Ride as their wedding song. But I can tell you that there are plenty plenty of people who have selected faithfully as their wedding song. Now I'm going to say this. Sometimes you take it too far. Cause I was going to, I was, this is probably my favorite song on frontiers. And I was, and I was just going to give it to you, but now I'm going to veto. Oh my God. Just for your exaggerated, lengthy, blowhardy speech where you mentioned wedding songs. Now I got, I would, I can't, I can't believe I had to do this. But I feel like I have to do this. I'm vetoing. Spoken like a man who is going through a divorce. <laughs> that's that's uh, that, that's how I'm viewing this. 
That's how okay. I'm viewing this. All right, fine. Use your veto power. Fine. Fine. That that you you will be known as the guy. And it's a good thing you're you're dating somebody right now because you're going to be known as the guy who vetoed faithfully. You heartless bastard. It's a cross to bear. I, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. So right now you are you are leading uh, three to two. And now let's flip over the record. And uh, we're going to go to side B's, which whew, buckle up because there are some stinkers on these on these sides. All right. Uh, go ahead and introduce uh, the, uh, the the first song off of side B. It's the title track, Escape. My first song off of side B is the song called Edge of the Blade. All right, so make your case for escape. Well, both neither of these albums have strong title tracks, which is unusual. Um, it almost feels like they said, we're going to name this album Escape. We better write a song called Escape. Although as I listened to it over the week, it grew on me. It's, it's 1,000 times better than the song Frontiers, but it isn't a great song. But Edge of the Blade is horrible. And I don't know... I, I don't know who would take responsibility for that song in the band, but if it's Jonathan Kane, they should call Greg Raleigh because that song is terrible. Uh, you know what? If, if your song actually had in parentheses the Pina Colada song, I would have totally conceded this one for you. But look, here's, here's the deal. To quote Steve Perry in this song, when he says perfect that's what this song is it is <laughs> i i can't i can't even do i can't even feign sincerity on this one i do love the crunchy synth at some times during this the guitar solo is great i still have no idea some of the lyrics where it says the blue magical maze what what is that and that sounds like a drug reference, but that's not really the band for it. Well, but still, isn't the blue pills? Aren't those Viagra? <laughs> uh, I don't know how I would know I, that. I, I I've seen it. lots of I've seen lots of commercials. They advertise a lot during the golf tournaments that I watch. Um, and here, here's here's where here's where I think that I win is that it sounds like Steve is saying instead of. I'll, I'll break away. It really sounds like I'll break a leg. Does it not? Is it, is this a misheard lyric or is he really saying, is he really saying I'll break a leg? 
you dig too deep. This this sounds like that they were trying to like jump on a hair metal bandwagon. I don't know what they're trying. This I I can only say this is not better than Escape. I don't know what else to say. I, I if you, <laughs> we are at an impasse. I don't know what. All right. So do I do I need to em, embark my uh, my veto power here? Wow, I would really save that for something. Oh, I don't good. have anything. I, I don't have I, anything else that's good. <laughs> well, then, and I guess in an effort to tie it back up and stay close in the late rounds. But... Okay, I'm I'm invoking my veto. I'm I'm using I'm using my veto for Edge of the Blade because I I I don't think that you're going to concede that Edge of the Blade is better than Escape. So, all right, we're tied up. Here we go. Um, our number sevens. My number seven is Troubled Child. Seventh song of Escape is Lay It Down. So, Wayne, what exactly are they laying down? What's it? Uh, it's the it's the law. They're laying down the law. They're laying down the groove, the rock and roll. This is a this is uh, I found myself enjoying this song a little bit. Once again, there is a huge drop off from the first side to the second side. But listening to these albums, one thing I noticed is Journey has a cla- there's a classic Journey oh, sound. Yeah. It's not and it, it kind of there. But between the songs that kind of sound like Don't Stop Believing and the songs that kind of sound like Send Her My Love. There's definitely a journey sound. The songs on the second side of Escape have, they're like bad journey songs. And the songs on the second side of Frontiers are just bad songs. <laughs> and, and I, I, but I, I, like I say, it's one of those, the, the curse of doing this and listening to something for a whole week. Um, you you start to find things that you at the beginning of the week you're like this is what why am I listening to this and then at the end of the week you're like lay it down I'll lay it so, down yeah yeah I I I like I like the song it's like I say it's it's like a bad journey song where troubled child is just a yeah. bad song well if this was only the young which was dropped off oh. of the album in place of yeah. of troubled child. We wouldn't even be, having, be laying on the yeah. We wouldn't even be having a debate. You, I, you, you nope. would have said, and my songs lay it down, and it sucks, and you win. So, yeah, only the young is going to win in every scenario, and I, I don't understand why they would have dropped that song. That song was a number uh, number nine hit on the Billboard chart. I mean, when you tell people uh, or ask people about Vision Quest. What's the one song that comes to mind besides Crazy for You? Crazy for You. <laughs> no, besides yeah. Crazy for You. <laughs> Only the Young. Absolutely. That's a great soundtrack also. That that's not it wouldn't be a terrible idea to revisit that. No, it's a really good soundtrack and shout out to Spokane, Washington. You know that's where it was filmed, right? I absolutely. Yeah. I don't have anything good good to say about Eastern Washington, so. <laughs> That's okay. Uh so you win. 
with lay it down you know that just tells you how bad my song was that you won with for lay it down i i could not agree more oh, all right introduce our number eights the number eight off of escape is dead or alive My number eight is a song called Back Talk. And is excuse me, is it Back Talk or Bat Show? It's it's actually Bat Show, I think. It's it's so it's so bad. This is such a bad song. Um I, I'm I'm going to add to our podcast um some 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 comments from Craig Smith from the Pods and Sods Network. Um this is a another music podcast and i i now cannot listen to this song without thinking bacho nor can i after you had said that in a in an earlier conversation i could not i fixated on it so, and i could, I could. It, yeah so so here's here's craig smith's comments about bacho yeah i i, I kind of says bacho eric bacho. says well, i don't want your bacho Bacho. Yeah. Bacho. Don't want your Bacho. <laughs> he doesn't say back talk once in this song. Bacho. Yeah, well, um, he's doing an attitude vocal. <laughs> it's horrible. Right? It's horrible. It's, it's like half performance, half singing. Look, here's the deal. If this was, if my song was Ask the Lonely, which was dropped off the album for Bacho, we, again, to my previous song, we wouldn't even be having a debate. Like, Ask the Lonely will win in every scenario. Maybe not, it's not as good a song as Only the Young. Only the Young is just a really great song. But Ask the Lonely, it's 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 okay. Um, and Ask the Lonely was actually the best thing that was part of that Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta movie, Two of a Kind. That was on easily. that that was on that soundtrack, and that was easily the best thing about that movie. So I am I'm definitely I, I'm conceding this one because there's just there's absolutely no way that I I win this this uh, this debate. Okay, and it is it's terribly sad because Dead or Alive. I'm listening to the song and I this lyric it's not, something about a hitman. It's not good. It's not, it's it's not, not a good no. song. That just tells you how bad. Backtalk is. It certainly clarifies how bad Backtalk is. And all I can say is, dude, A&R man, Michael Dilbeck. It's more like Michael Dillhole for your horrible decision to drop those two songs. Like, what the hell were you thinking? Anyways. All right. So our number nines uh, off of uh, off of Frontiers. This is the title song, Frontiers. Oh, and <laughs> I keep forgetting. I'm waiting for you. Okay. And the number nine song of Escape 
Mother Father. I really should be talking about how bad your song sucks. Um, but I'm going to talk about how my song really sucks. I I hate the overlayered Steve Perry vocals on Frontiers. If they would have left, if they would have left more of the Jonathan Kane soundtracky synths from the end of that song and not done the overdubs for Steve Perry's vocals, this may have beaten Mother Father. I don't know that I live in a world where it could have beaten it because this is, this is a title track. I don't, this is the, this, and I still, I have questions about escape. This is a terrible I was just going to say, you barely won. You barely won or you, you let me veto your escape because that's just not a good song. So there's just something about their, their title songs that just are not good. Yeah, I mean, when your title song is supposed to be one of the better songs on the record, I mean, it's almost supposed to be like that. This song is so great, you name the record after it. It's like they they said we're naming this Frontiers. We, you know, quickly, quick, everybody, let's write a song right. called Frontiers. It's well, horrible. To to that end, for your song, because I was I was trying to find an angle of how in some alternate universe that I could actually win this debate for, for this song. But I like how Steve really enunciates mother, father, because I think he's really trying really hard to avoid anyone comparing this song to hello, mother, hello, father. That's what I, that's what <laughs> I'm thinking on this one. Am I, am, am I just overanalyzing uh, this? I think, I think that would have been great. I think it would have improved the song. Mada, fada. I would have liked it more. <laughs> would, would that have made it sound like more of a Elmer Fudd type song, though? Who was the guy who did that? Alan Sherman, I think. Uh, I don't know. That 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 sounds right. That sounds right. It would have given it a like a comedy side that I could have embraced. But yeah, right. If your song wasn't right. so horrible, I would be more worried. But yeah, well. You win. You win on this one. All right. Introduce. Uh, introduce our our number tens. The number ten song off of Escape. Open arms. My number 10 off of Frontiers is a song called Rubicon. I'm not even going to talk about Rubicon. I'm I'm conceding this head to head because how how do you compete with open arms? No, this if this was a fight, 
it went, you know, I came out early. I with some big blows. We kind of hugged it out in the middle. And then we both got nothing left, but I just, I reach back and I pull out open arms and I, and I knock you out. Um, yeah. So the totals here, uh, you won, you won seven to three and here, here's the deal. I'm going to go back to Michael Dillhole. Uh, this, this, this would have, this would have, uh, this would have tied it up. This would have been a five to five had asked the lonely and only the young still been on, on, uh, on frontiers. Absolutely. And you could have saved your veto for something relevant for, for a fight you couldn't win. He cost you. There's right. no, there's no doubt about it. Oh, he absolutely cost me. Cause I, I wanted, I didn't want to use it on edge of the blade. I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> I goaded but you into it. That was part of my strategy. It you it worked. You manipulative little son of a bee. All right. Uh, anything else we want to wrap up on this? I you win. Uh, congratulations. Escape is the greatest album by Journey. Will so how how many years will it be before you listen to either one of these albums again? In their entirety, I would hope never. Uh, <laughs> this this was much ado about nothing but i'm definitely glad that it's put to bed all right well you win i hate conceding that i really do can i got Uh, an idea i don't just uh just an idea if you could just play a little bit of if put play a little bit of we are the champions in there right after that yeah we can see how that that sounds do you want do you want to take your victory lap now no. Uh, I don't like the dog to get riled up. I was expecting you to, you know, drape the American flag over over your uh, your back and start chanting USA. No, <laughs> no, that's why I came up with the We Are the Champions. All right, fair enough. All right, so what are we revisiting for next episode? The long-awaited podcast revisiting the 1987 classic, Appetite for Destruction. I feel like we've been teasing that for like a month. What's taking you so long? <laughs> well, we're, you know what? There's, it's life. It's life, Ben. Life's getting in the way of this podcast. Okay. Fair enough. All right. It's been a pleasure revisiting with you. Oh, as always, my friend. All right. So th- everyone, thank you for listening. Please go support the arts. Go to a live show, buy a t-shirt of the band, buy a record, visit a record store, and not just on record store day. We are Records Revisited, and we are out. Out.